All right. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, Tuesday, October 9th, 2018, as Jimmy would like to phrase it. Uh, Very excited to pick up again going into the week six season of the John Doe League. Very exciting so far. Pretty competitive league and joined by my co-host here, as always, Derek Randall. Hello. Hello. So very excited. Have a fun episode this week still working on you know really condensing the time constraints so you know focus is to make this about a 45 minute show we'll see how that goes uh, <laughs> so quick quick overview of what we're going to do here today so we're going to similar framework to last week in covering upcoming matchups going into week six uh afterwards we will go ahead and bring a special guest on board to highlight his specific matchup and break that down for us. Then thereafter that, we'll hop into the voicemails of the week. And from there, our special guest will also uh, address a couple call-outs that are well-deserved here. So uh, very excited. And before we kick things off, just want to uh, once again thank everyone for their participation and enjoying the show. Uh, feel free to go ahead and make sure you subscribe instead of just listening to the show, subscribe to us as well on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and really any other platform that, uh, presents podcasts on top of that. Uh, you know, really just looking forward to, uh, kicking things off here for this week. So Derek, why don't we go ahead and get started? Uh, and before that, I think, you know, I got to give you some props here. So, you know, just recapping last week, Derek, um, you know, got his first win and lo and behold, got his first win against me. Uh, <laughs> so congratulations. Uh, Thank any, you, sir. Any opening remarks that you'd like to just address here in regards to the big, the big first win here? Oh, man. Um, yeah. Eric Ebron is the man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I told you I I've been high on him. Yeah, well, I had been too from podcast number one, man. When I said the Colts run a lot of two tight end sets, and I saw this Aaron Hernandez Gronk thing coming. Um, well, I guess when Jack Doyle goes down, it's all Ebron. So <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> that, that and, that's a huge play for him. Yeah, yeah. And did you see um, the wide receiver scum I had to use, and all of them put up almost twenty points. Yeah, so your your win was very well deserved. You picked up Sanu, you picked up Valdez Scantling, and Sanu, uh, interesting play. Valdez Scantling was really a plug and plug and play once you found out that Cobb and Allison were both out. Right. Uh, I gotta say this. I gotta brag on myself here a little bit though, and this really goes to everyone for season long strategy in that there is a way to play fantasy defense and it is to, you know, even though you feel like your lineup may be set for the week, uh, you should also pay attention to what some of your opponent's needs are. Uh, If they're looking for a receiver, if they're pretty desperate for a receiver, it makes sense to scour the waiver wire, uh, especially after those, the waiver period ends and you can really just kind of pick up pluck guys out of free agency because I think, when did you add Valdez Scaling, Derek? Uh, Sunday morning. So, exactly. My, my point made here in the sense that, you know, I had all the opportunity in the world to go ahead and play, play some prevent, um, maybe try and pick up one of those guys in place for someone else on my roster. 
Uh, now that the, there comes, it, it's a little bit of a tough decision there as well, in the sense that you know this league has a very uh, a smaller bench than maybe some other leagues. So I would have had to make some decisions, but um, right. I think there's probably one or two guys that I could I could have dropped to you know play a little prevent defense. But just a side note for anyone thinking about you know how can they get an upper hand or an advantage over an opponent in the future here. Yeah, and I mean, I I thought the same thing. I was kind of surprised that you didn't really do that. Um, and and if I'm being 100% transparent, if Scantling wasn't there, my next option was going to be Cootie. Actually, I dropped him because I was scared he might not play. Yeah. Um, but and then if he didn't play, my third option was Traquan Smith. So nice. all three would have hit. So I, I felt pretty solid about that. Um, I don't know. I guess everything just worked out. And I, I guess I kind of got to call you and Andres out now because <laughs> you two were ragging on Mark Ingram. You were yeah. driving his name into the dirt. And uh, what does he do? He pops off two touchdowns. Kamara disappears. Um, it, was, it was glorious. Yeah, uh, I, I got to bite the bullet there. Definitely wrong on Mark Ingram, at least for this week. Uh, I still think it's going to be uh, a little tough to rely on him week in and week out. He's going to have the weeks like he did this week. But, you know, really, if you take away the touchdowns that he scored this week, uh, you, you don't want to rely on touchdowns from week to week. You know, it's a very volatile Never. part of, you know, building up some stats. So you take those two things out in a full PPR, he only has, you know, 10 points if that. So, um, you know, he's going to be touchdown dependent in my opinion. Uh, but it, I think it does. It's, it's, it's a good thing to note that it, it it's going to eat into Camara's workload. And I think this is the reason why you don't see, you didn't see Camara go, you know, overall number one pick because, right. You know, you even saw it last year. Kamara put up ridiculous numbers for his workload. He really didn't have, you know, that many uh, carries and, and shares uh, throughout the course of the season. So, you know, there was an expectation that he was going to come back down to life just based off of workload alone, considering Mark Ingram would cut into it. And so I think you're going to see that more often where, you know, next week it could be Kamara who's putting up 22 points and Ingram who's putting up five. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I mean, they're, they're still one of the best, the best um, backfield in, in all of the NFL, uh, but it's going to be a little bit more volatile for those two moving forward. I think you're a little harder on Mark Ingram than you should be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm like Sean Payton. I just hate him. Uh, so you, even you though are. <laughs> game, you know, he, uh, I, I still see it, it being an uphill battle moving forward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to double down on that. Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll see. I think he outscores Kamara the rest of the way. That's a bold prediction, right there. We'll have there's, to chalk that one up. <laughs> right. Let's let's set that in stone. I said it. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, I'm just going. I'm going by order here on my computer of who we have. So uh, I'm looking at my matchup here versus Carl first. Uh, okay. So just pulling this up here. You know, I got to say, I'm, I'm super frustrated with my running back situation. Leonard Fournette's already out for next week. Uh, and Isaiah Crowell, like, he's just so hit or miss. I mean, last week was ridiculous, and I'm pissed I didn't play him. But it was kind of hard to see that coming, especially against the Broncos defense. Although we've talked about this, where the Broncos defense is not uh, what it used to be. And so right. you shouldn't be as scared of playing guys. And I think you even said it. It's like that kind of 
uh, confirmation or that, that bias that we we've had, you know, because of how good they've been in years past, that they're just going to be, you know, when you see that Broncos, um, you know, defense uh, on that, that upcoming opponent, it kind of scares some people away. Uh, additionally, pretty upset with myself. I played Broncos defense last week and kind of <laughs> under that same bias. So yeah, I think I got to start taking more advice here from, from us from week to week and actually applying that to my process a little bit more uh, to, to, to get better results here. Uh, but overall, I mean, Isaiah Crowell, I'm probably going to have to run out there. Golden Tate's on a buy, so I'm running Nelson Aguilar out there as well. Anything glaring for you as far as anyone on my team goes? Um, I, I think it's a matter of time before Njoku has a good game. Yeah. I, I, he's definitely due for one. He gets the targets. Um, that offense, it's, it's kind of starting to hum. You know, it's, it's starting to come together a little bit. I think him and Landry in the near future are going to feast. Um, and and I, think, I think it could be this week. Yeah, I mean, they're playing the Chargers. Uh, it could be a really good DFS play if anyone out there is listening and playing DFS. But uh, you look at the last two weeks, five for 52, six for 69. Uh, it's just a solid uh, point line there for a tight end position. And I think you can probably get him relatively cheap as well. I agree. The chemistry here is only continuing to increase and build with Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Chargers defense is certainly not a team that, you know, scares, scares you off by any means. So uh, I agree. I think it could be a really good week for Njoku. Uh, for me as well, I am, you know, this is, this is the reason why in a, a two-quarterback league, you know, for me, it was really important to, you know, add a couple more quarterbacks despite how bad the quarterbacks that I have are. I have Russell Wilson, <laughs> Sam Darnold, Eli Manning, and C.J. Beathard. Uh, but I think that Sam Darnold out of Eli Manning, him and Beathard are, is the play here for this week. Uh, not too excited about Eli against Philly and CJ Beathard. It's just CJ Beathard. I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen in a Monday night game against the Packers, but it's in Lambeau. So uh, for me, right. I feel like Darnold is the play against Indy. Uh, the Jets looked pretty good last week and Darnold only is, is getting better. Uh, and, and I think he's going to be the real deal long-term. I think at the beginning of the year, I said when I traded for him and this, I think this is offline for us, but he could be a top 15 quarterback in fantasy when it's all said and done. We'll see. He's looked pretty bad um, in other games, but uh, I, I, again, I think he's going to improve. And I think that at the end of the year, you'll see him, um, you know, as a, you know, pretty much a high end QB too. Yeah, man, you, I've been very surprised with your lack of using Eli Manning. I get he's not very good, but he has a ton of weapons. And, and I think every week that you've not played him, he would have beat out your OP spot. Probably. So I've been, yeah. I just I, I mean, watch he's... the Giants every week, and they suck, man. Like, <laughs> they just released Eric Flowers, thank God. Um, and I right. think they're – so I, I think they actually got better by getting rid of him. But um, – I just watch them and they're just a very dysfunctional team. Uh, but he's playing Philly this week. And I know that their secondary, we talked about this last week in the sense that their secondary is pretty susceptible. Jalen Mills is not good. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins is decent, but you know, so I, I still see him scoring some points here, but I just worry about um, it being Eli and, you know, so I, but between those three, I'm I'm kind of matchup based. I'm locking in yep. Russell Wilson every single week. Uh, 
he Russell Wilson has a history of struggling the first half, but really kicking it on in the second half. So, you know, I'm essentially trying to bide my time with my team. I know I've lost three in a row, but, you know, not having Fournette hurts me a lot. Um, I like Naheem Hines, you know, moving forward just as a kind of, you know, plug and play. Uh, and that's a tough decision for me with Crowell versus Hines. But I think Crowell is the, the safer play considering they're, they're basically head to head there. So, yeah, I really liked your pickup of Naeem Hines, um, at least for that matchup against New England. Yeah. Now, I think moving forward, he's very matchup dependent. Very. But against New England, that was perfect. Yeah. And I was so frustrated you grabbed him. <laughs> yeah, because in a full PPR, Naeem Hines, when you're playing a team like New England, you know they're, they're going to be playing from behind. And so he's just going to eat up those you know catches out of the backfield, trying to um, move the ball down the field. And that's exactly what happened. So. Uh, let's just, for the sake of time here, look at Carl's team as well. I mean, he is 0-5. Uh, he should not be. He shouldn't be. And what, that's what scares me is, like, you know, I just – I feel like my team, like my fantasy team in this league plays down to its competition. I'm like – I'm kind of like Ohio State uh, in a sense. <laughs> but, um, I mean, again, you know, he's got Tyler Boyd. He's got Emmanuel Sanders, DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz. Uh, even Philip Lindsay again is you know a decent option. Uh, you know I actually am not a fan of T.J. Eldon this week. How do you feel about him throwing that throwing T.J. Eldon out in the lineup? Definitely, you do it. Really, he, he's got a T.J. Eldon is a plug and play high end RB. Well, you saw what they did I, this week, right? Or today? I I did sign Jamal Charles, yeah. but I I don't know if he'll be ready in time to have an impact. You know, I think he'll be one of those for at least the first week, like an emergency play, but nothing more. I don't know, man. Like, so, I mean, I know Yeldon's going to get a lot of usage here, but I just, my problem is that Dallas defense, even with Sean Lee out now, is looking pretty good against the run with Jalen Smith and Vander Esch, I think, or Vander, I forget how you say his name, but... The guy oh, that they drafted yeah. in the first round, he looks ridiculously good. So um, I feel like that's their strong point is defending against the run. They don't have a terrible secondary. And playing the Jaguars, I see, in my opinion, um, Dallas, you know, really, really blowing them up. Now, it's it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I would, I would venture to say Yeldon will get those backfield catches if they are playing from behind, kind of like what we were just talking about with Naheem Hines. Um, so it, it's a situation to monitor and see if they're going to try and work this Jamal Charles in, and we probably won't find that out until much closer towards game time here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of recent news, do you hear the buzz around LaShawn McCoy? No, what happened? Eagles have inquired about trading. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to, you know, allude to any kind of legal trouble or anything like that. Oh Um, no, no, no. I would love to see him go to the Eagles with Ajayi being out for the season. Uh, And it would be a perfect plug and play for them. I think that would be the perfect fit. And I feel like LaShawn McCoy would be going back to being LaShawn McCoy again. Right. And his only issue with them ever was Chip Kelly. So, I mean, (laughs) That, that guy's gone, so there's really no bad blood there anymore. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know if Carl listens to that, to this or not, but if I were him, I'd probably hold tight if he's not listening. Um, <laughs> I already for, talked to him. <laughs> okay, if he's not listening, then what do you mean you already talked to him? Carl, I've had to be 
talking to Carl a lot recently, considering we were both sitting in that 0 for 4 hole. And then he was really upset about going 0 and 5. And the past three weeks, I think he's lost by a combined 10 points. Ugh. So I, I talked to him, I'm like, you know, you've got a good team. Got to keep your head up. It's not, you're not out of it. It's eight teams make the playoffs. Like, you're definitely still in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, does, do you know yeah. if he listens to this or not? Um, I, I think he does, but I'm not sure. Well, if he doesn't, um, you know, my, my trip, my advice would be for someone to try and trade for LaShawn McCoy. Um, and I might try and do it myself, but we'll see. Uh, and it's a big risk, right? Because if he doesn't get traded, Huge. then he sucks, but you could probably get him for get really traded. cheap. And if he does get traded, like that stock is just going to shoot up there. Uh, yeah. So while I'm looking at his team, I really want to like talk about Alex Smith and how bad he is for a moment. <laughs> um, for anybody who watched Monday night football. Yeah. He is awful. The Redskins are idiots for letting Kirk walk and thinking this guy yeah. is worth their money because he is bad. Like he is really bad. You know, I, I really didn't expect him to play this bad. I know that he's not the best player, but like just watching that game, he's missing guys wide open, like, wide open. They had a chance to work themselves back into that game and their offense executed with the exception of him. So that's a problem. I'm curious yep. to see what happens moving forward, but I would not feel comfortable starting Alex Smith moving forward. He, I think he's going to be pretty matchup dependent. And even so, like if he's going to play like that, um, that's something to worry about. Now, with that being said, like it's Alex Smith. He's a veteran quarterback and he, 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 he could potentially bounce back, but um, it did not look good. And I, I don't know if his head wasn't in the game or what the deal was, but he he looked like a game of Madden online where you're playing somebody and it keeps glitching because yeah. your connection's bad. That's a great and analogy. And it's like he's hitting the people like five seconds after they're already open. And it, like he was literally – I cannot get this vision out of my head of when Vernon Davis is running a crossing route and he's wide open the oh, whole yeah. route. And Alex Smith throws it Hesitates. out of bound. Yeah. Yep. It was, it well, was ridiculous. the interception, the interception, like he had the guy, I don't know who it was in that scenario, but he had the guy open and he just hesitated and then threw it slightly late and behind. Um, yep. You know, even Jason Witten was calling him out. He's like, yo, like you had him, like he was, he was there. You just had to place it when you were supposed to and you waited. So I don't know, man, I, I don't really know what to make of it long term, but Certainly didn't look good and wouldn't feel good if he was my fantasy quarterback. And Ryan Tannehill, too. So, again, that's that's yep. the problem with Carl's team. So, if Carl were to move with Sean McCoy, he should be looking for uh, an upper-tier quarterback for as a replacement. Yes, absolutely. Maybe package one of those two guys, Tannehill or Smith, with McCoy and, and get somebody a lot better. Yep, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, cool. So, take a time here. Let's let's go ahead and move on. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at Kuhar and Caleb's matchup. Uh, by the way, Caleb sent me the picture of his tattoo. <laughs> uh, or I think he sent it to both of us. So, Caleb, yep. big shout out. Appreciate you sending that out. Uh, and uh, really, you know, really bold of you. Uh, no one would actually know it's a dick butt unless you told them that that's what it was. Otherwise, they would think it's just kind of a weird looking creature. <laughs> um, you know, because of that, because it's not com- completely obvious, may 
think about replacing that as our image for the uh, podcast here. So we'll have to see. Yes. I don't know if that'll get replaced. I don't know if that will get approved or not by all of the platforms, but uh, it's worth a shot. Absolutely. Uh, looking at Kuhar's team. So did he, I think he is updating it. I mean, he's got Christian Kirk in his starting lineup here. He is. And I'm very surprised by that. Um, Cause I didn't think he was. And then I noticed that he moved Winston in and put Dalton on the bench, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of confused as to why he's only playing one quarterback every week. And it's like, he thinks he can only play one because he's only ever putting one in. Uh, but I yeah, know. I mean, so I like Chris if Thompson. I were him, yeah, I would probably sit Chris Thompson. I don't even know if he's going to be playing this week. It looked like he got pretty banged up there. Uh, rib injuries for a running back are something that can definitely hold him out. So we we need to hit on that too. The fact that Alex Smith killed both of his running backs. Yeah, I mean, just like buddy shot. It was totally his fault. Yeah, like just literally putting him out there for to for a knockout. Um, yeah, it was messed up. It was really messed up. So I don't know, man, like if I were him, probably be throwing in Carlos Hyde over Chris Thompson and throwing Andy Dalton into that OP spot. So, uh, right. well, actually, I mean, Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch revenge game. Like, oh, damn, he's got Marshawn. He's got Marshawn on the bench right now against Seattle at home in Oakland. Wow. So I don't know, man, that's tempting. I mean, obviously, Saquon's in your RB spot. I mean, you, basically, you put Marshawn and Marshawn Lynch in your other one and then you have to decide between Carlos Hyde and Andy Dalton here. Um, Andy Dalton's got Pittsburgh. Andy Dalton's got Pittsburgh, which, you know, doesn't, you know, I think that's a, that's a good, that's a good matchup there. So, yep. um, so we'll see, man, that, that's going to be a tough call. I'd probably go Dalton just over Hyde, you know, for the sheer, uh, you know, raising that floor. We talk about floors and ceilings and, you know, quarterback over a position player naturally is going to raise that floor. Uh, and I don't think Carlos Hyde really has a great upside ceiling there. Uh, his 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 he, he's kind of limited, I would say, as far as the ceiling goes. I, I agree. I agree. I think his max points, Carlos Hyde's max points, is like you know twenty points kind of thing. Uh, I, I mean, I think he had a week where he had twenty four, but that was, he had he scored two touchdowns. You know, so like you really have to that that's that's very touchdown reliant at that point where Andy Dalton could easily put up 24 points against the Steelers this week. So well, that was the day his kid was born too. So, I mean, <laughs> what's that talk about? I said, that was the, the night his kid was born too. So yeah, sometimes that really plays into stuff as crazy as it sounds. I mean, T Y Hilton, I remember a couple of years ago, we had that crazy game the night that his first kid was born. What was that against the Texans? I think it was like where he went like 180 owns. yards. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. had him on one of my teams that year. I was, it was amazing. Um, yep. And he had like the baby cradle celebration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's something to be said when, when things like that happen in players' lives, like birthdays and that kind of stuff, like it's always something to take note of and pay attention to. It doesn't always work out that way, but I would say more often than not, it does. So Agreed. All right, so let's move on to Andres and Jimmy here. So this is a big matchup. Well, we didn't both... talk about Caleb's team at all. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. You want to hit on the fact that he just lost Jai, the only legitimate running back on his team? I mean, haven't we been taught – haven't we mentioned this before too? Like he's super thin at running back here. Time and time again. I think we've said this like every single week. So, I mean, he's got some problems. What? What's the yeah. deal? He's got two – two bench spots that are completely open right now. Like 
I'm not really sure what he's doing, but his team is starting to it's starting to unravel here quickly. Yeah, I mean, and he he dropped Justin Tucker today for no reason. The hell Justin is Tucker's on? not on. He's not on by. So he's I literally the best. He's like the best kicker in the NFL. He's ranked number one. Yeah. Like I don't know about fan. If it sounds like he's ranked number one in fantasy too, like, and he's literally yeah, and the, number- the best kicker in the NFL. Um, curious to see if anyone uses a waiver on Justin Tucker. I'm sure someone will. Um, they should. <laughs> but I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, like, he's pretty much droppable at this point. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at like Antonio Callaway has got a little bit of upside, but we already bashed on Jalen Richard last week. Uh, yep. Jimmy Graham is actually pretty. I like that, and he's got good quarterbacks and cousins and rivers. But yeah, I mean, his running backs rough situation. Now, the only thing I'll say about his running backs is Tevin Coleman is also someone in trade conversations and rumors to go to the Eagles as well. Tevin Ooh, Coleman, Tevin Coleman is in a contract year, so they're not uh, married to him after this season. So it's kind of like a rental player, as you would see in baseball. Uh, and it's a great opportunity for Coleman to showcase himself for a new contract. So uh, depending on how the Falcons feel about their backfield situation, I feel like they like Ito Smith as well as that backup, uh, and they think he's more than capable of getting some playing time every single week. Tevin Coleman's a guy to keep an eye on because he could get traded to the Eagles too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good point to note. Makes a lot of sense. Moving on here, so let's go ahead and address the matchup between Jimmy and Andre. So this is a pretty big one. Both teams are three and two. So you know, really both looking to make a take that take that next step here uh, and get themselves in the upper echelon of the league. Uh, overall, any any anything that sticks out here for you on Jimmy's team? Um. I mean, he's got a great matchup. He's got Gronk and Brady going against Kansas City, so he should feel pretty good about that. And then uh, we just talked about um, Denver's team being defense being pretty bad. Woods going up against them. Uh, he's looking pretty good. Jordy Nelson. I mean, third, third week in a row with a touchdown. I feel like you got to start buying into Jordy Nelson at this point. And I have him in one of my other leagues – uh, I was reluctant to throw him into the starting lineup, uh, but I, I feel like you can't really ignore it. Like it seems like he's starting to develop some nice rapport here with Derek Derek Carr, and uh, he's a guy that Gruden likes to look to in the red zone. I feel like he's a reliable player, and you know he always has a knack for getting open once you get into the red zone. How would you feel about playing Jordy Nelson this week against the Seahawks? Um, the Seahawks are really bad. Earl Thomas going down that was like the last straw um so <laughs> i i do think it's a good matchup the only thing but... i would say is i kind of i'm buying into the revenge game this week for marshawn lynch and so when you talk about the red zone i mean it's twofold like in the red zone gruden could kind of just be like yo give the ball to lynch and just you know Get, get back at the Seahawks or not running him into the end zone in the Super Bowl. Uh, he could also maybe run him once and then fake it to him, thinking that they're going to sell out on that that play and throw it right to Jordy. So, um, yeah, yeah, I was I was just about to say that exact thing. I, I agree with you. 
Uh, Jordy's touchdown last week was like a one yarder. And I think they were in garbage time. So like that, I think that's the only reason he had a productive game last week. Yeah. Four for 43. Isn't very good without that touch. It's not very reliable. Um, no. And again, we, you know, we've talked about it a couple times already, but you do not want to be touchdown reliant from week to week. Like that's something just to be aware of. <sighs> but Jimmy, man, what the hell? Kalen Balage, like still there. What are we doing? Although he's End got a, he's got a note on him. He did get a two yard carry oh. during the loss. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, interesting. Two yard carry. You gonna throw him out yeah. there in the starting lineup this week, Jimmy? We'll see. Put him in over Zeke. How do we feel about looking over at Andres' team right now? He's got Edelman over Calvin Ridley. Edelman's got a pretty awesome matchup, but. Calvin, so Ridley, Calvin. Calvin Ridley's got a pretty good matchup in itself against Tampa. Who would you play, Julian Edelman versus Kansas City or Calvin Ridley versus the Buccaneers? Uh, Edelman. Um, actually, honestly, I would consider taking Baker Mayfield out of the OP and putting Ridley in. It'd be um, tough, but I would consider it. I would consider it, too. Just because of the upside. Yeah. I mean, Baker could – this could be a week that he does well, but like rookie quarterbacks, how often are they really putting up 30 points and Calvin Ridley, he's going to get some work, especially against the Buccaneers here. I I think I, I agree. I'd probably play Ridley just because it's full PPR. I'd play Ridley over, over Baker, Baker Mayfield here in that OP spot. Yeah. His, his running back situation is so bad. Like, he needs to move one of these receivers for a running back. Yeah. Uh, it's just Lamar Miller is a headache. Kenyon Drake, yeah, he had a good week last week, but I don't know. Um, did he start Matt Breda last week, or what's the deal with that? He did. And Breda is – did you hear he has a mid-ankle sprain? Or, so he's, he's going yeah, to miss. Yeah, he's going to miss. I'm pissed because I had a really good uh, FanDuel lineup with him for this week. Uh, it was my highest scoring lineup. I finished, uh, I finished 18th in a uh, one of the, NF- the NFL dives. So it was like a 200,000 person uh, tournament, and it had Matt Breida in it. And if Matt Breida would have played the full game, like he still got me 12 points. If he would have played the full game, like I could have, you know, I missed out on a lot there because of that injury. So I was pretty upset about it. That's unfortunate. It's yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah, Andres. I don't. I don't know why he hasn't made a trade. I mean, he talks to me every week about it, but <laughs> he just he thinks he's got a team that's far and away better than everybody else's, and that he doesn't need to. He's he's one of those people who overvalues his own players. Yeah, if that makes sense. And and that when that happens, it's hard to trade with someone like that. Yes. All right. Let's move on yeah. here. So, how about we? I'll turn it over to you if you want to. I'm going to skip Dennison's matchup. Uh, kind of spoiled the, the time being. Spoiled the surprise there, but um, you and you and Nate here. What what do you got? What are you thinking? Um, I I feel pretty good. My team really showed a lot of signs of life last week, and I I feel like the pieces are all coming together real fast. And um, Nate's star player is Kamara, who's on by. So I feel, <laughs> yeah, I feel 
okay this week. And knock on wood, I'm hoping to get a second win. Um, I really like the matchup for Kareem Hunt against New England. And, you know, Andrew Luck continues to put up big numbers, and Ebron's a huge part of that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I feel pretty good. I feel good about your matchup, too. I think that you're in a really good spot in the sense that his team, it's kind of like the perfect storm for his team. Kamara's on by. um, I don't know what he's still doing with Deontay Foreman on the IR spot. I mean, maybe that pays off at the end of the year um, for anyone that may, may be listening that's not in our league that uh, could be looking at potential long-term plays. Um curious to see, you know, what the news is on Deontay Foreman. Really haven't looked at it, but that could be a spot if you have the, the roster spot to hold on to for uh, to try and, you know, get some get someone that's that's fresh fresh legs come championship week and playoff playoff week. So, uh, but looking at his receivers, Will Fuller, you know, we talked about it before, but Kuti, he's a real deal, man. Like he's, he's a good player and uh, you know, that's going to eat into Fuller's production as, as we saw. So uh, Fuller, he's a good player, but, uh, and he's going to have his weeks, but temper your expectations. And, you know, Keenan, Keenan Allen looks good, but you know, I'm actually I'm really surprised that they've held up at this point. But uh, I, I still think one of these guys are going to get hurt, and you know it's going to be downhill from there. But I mean, he's got Case Keenum going against the Rams. Not too excited about that. Derrick Henry in a full PPR is not someone you can rely on. Not someone I would even be starting at this point. Uh, nope. And Sony Michelle is good, but I just don't think he has enough to keep up with you here for this week. Yeah, I think the matchup against Kansas City is going to be more James White than Sony. You think so? I do. I, I think it's going to be that shootout from both sides, and James White's the receiving back. So I, I really feel like he's going to be more utilized than Sony this week. See, I think they're going to try and – I think their game plan is going to be keeping Kansas City's offense off the field. Uh, and Kansas City's run defense is just – horrendous like the guys can't tackle so and i disagree i think sony michelle's the guy so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that game but um i'd even put a little wager on it with you i think sony michelle is going to outscore james white this week really yep i i disagree um yeah i would take that wager let's do we should do a little dfs head-to-head for that sunday night game and uh, you we can should. you can play white and I'll play Michelle and make a rule that we can't neither of us can play one or like the other one. I have to stick with Michelle. You have to stick with white. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, um, and, and then I want to mention too, as far as receivers getting hurt, Quincy Anunua actually fucked up his hand right before the game, and nobody, like no reporters or anybody, knew about it. But somehow the commentators did for the Jets. Really. Yeah, so that's why he had zero points. Apparently, he went to catch that end zone ball, and it tipped off his hands because he has a messed up hand. And nobody, literally there's no news breaking about that at all until middle of the game. Oh, that's frustrating. Yeah, that's infuriating. And lucky for Nate, he didn't play him. They haven't – they don't even – they're not even addressing that in the post-game, post-game notes here, at least on Rotowire. Really? 
failed to come down with any of his five targets. He came into the contest as the clear-cut top option of his five misconnections with quarterback Darnold. One was a deep ball that was just out of reach in the end zone, given his strong rapport uh, with Darnold and then Mush bounced back in week six. That's interesting. That that is interesting that they didn't say anything about it because they said it during the game and then they said it on a fantasy sports radio earlier this week. Well, you heard it here first. Stay away right. from Nunmo this week because everyone else is going to be on him against the Colts and he's got a broken hand that no one's reported. <laughs> you're welcome, Nate. You're welcome. <laughs> um, anyone oh, on your team that you're feeling like is a tough decision here? Um. Whether or not to play Allen Robinson or Mohamed Sanu, probably. I never thought I'd be saying that, but <laughs> Sanu's matchup is too good. It is. I just, again, worry. I feel like it's it's Julio is due. Um, he is, but we've been saying it for weeks and it hasn't happened. Well, as far as the touchdown goes, but, I mean, I can see Julio going out there and getting 180 receiving yards and 10 catches, uh, which would limit Sanu, um, especially with Ridley. Allen Robinson. I mean, that's the thing, though. I'd rather, I'd probably go Sanu over Robinson just because, you know, I, I feel like Xavier Howard. Yeah, I was going to say Xavier Howard. He's going to draw him a lot against Miami, and uh, he's a pretty good cornerback. So uh, Chicago likes to run all kinds of exotic schemes and, you know, really spread the ball around. Uh, and so I think Sanu probably trumps him there. Uh, but I would say this you know, I'm a big fan of Godwin. Going against yep. Atlanta, man, I'd probably throw in Godwin too. over Sanu. So um, I'm having a tough time with those three. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I would throw Godwin over Sanu. I know he doesn't have the rapport with Winston like he did with Fitzpatrick, but he's still a good player and he's going to get the work. Uh, and it, I that 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 just you know on paper looks like a shootout. So uh, I feel like that's the safe play. It's one of those where I think I might want to see it happen with Godwin and Winston before using him. Yeah, I'd probably just pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like I like him the most out of those three, and you know I'm just I think he's just the best player of the three. And when it comes down to those matchups for me, it comes down to who is who's who's the most talented. But all right, yeah. let's go ahead and move on uh, for our final matchup before we bring Dennison in here. So Jack and Lennon. Oh yeah. Oh god. Uh so man, so Jack's team lost. Yeah, they performed awful. Like it was terrible. Well, how many points did he score last week, do you know? Um let me check this real quick. Let's see here. Um I I just got a text from Dennison saying he will he has to be off at the top of the hour. Okay. So, do we want to throw him in now real quick? Um, yeah, let's, let's bring him in real quick. I'll, uh, okay. I'll invite him in right now. Got it. All right. And we are back. Welcome back. Yeah. Dennison. Hello. Hello. There he <laughs> is. Good to, good to hear from you, my man. What's going on? Oh, you know, now I'm just, uh, sitting outside of a restaurant in bougie ass Carmel, California, uh, waiting to have a little business dinner. And uh, trying to distract myself with some fantasy. Nice. Sounds like there a lot of go. fun. So let's dive into it here, knowing that you're on a time constraint. But right right before we get into that, let's uh, just introduce yourself real quick. Uh, interesting fact about yourself, and we'll dive into your matchup. 
Oh, yeah. So uh, my name is Dennison Sleeper. Um, I am the reigning two-time-in-a-row champion of our fantasy league. Uh, I've also been to the championship a total of three times. So That's I'm really not that interesting. Oh, I thought it was pretty interesting. <laughs> um, I guess another interesting fact about myself is that, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, a pretty, I'm a pretty swell guy. And I have a uh, I have a third nipple on the bottom of my foot. Wow, yeah. is that true? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you lied about that on the spot. I, I'm on the pretty distracted by work right now, and so my brain is like half working, but I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do fantasy. Cool. And and for all of those that do not um, pay attention or are not in our fantasy league, Dennison here, he is the double champ, and he has a beautiful custom team photo to show for it that is just infuriating every time you look at it oh like, yeah man. my boy daniel cormier rocking the two belts the <laughs> UFC double champ. Ooh, here's a fun fact daniel cormier lives about 30 minutes north of where i live in california in gilroy uh where he also teaches wrestling in high school and most recently uh, got Khabib Nurmagomedov to win another belt, which means American Kickboxing Academy in San Jose has a total of four champions at one point, five belts. So there, wow. there's some UFC facts for you. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's go ahead and actually, Dennison, uh, before we get into your matchup, I know you have a couple uh, PSA public service announcements here for the league and a couple call outs. So uh, I'm going to let you take the floor here. Uh, let's hear what you got. Let's hear it. <laughs> I'm just going to start off by, by mentioning a trade that I offered this week. So I, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty fair trader. Um, typically if I rip someone off, it's because they offered me a terrible trade and I click accept, but I never offer bad trades. So I looked at Caleb's team this week, right? And I would encourage everybody to look at Caleb's starting roster. It's awful. And at the time, his starting fucking running backs were Tevin Coleman, who is right now bouncing between the third string and second string on his own team, <laughs> and Jay Ajayi, who is on the Eagles in a running back by committee. He has four running backs, and not one of them are starting running backs on their own team. And now Jay Ajayi is on IR. So I offered Caleb either carry on Johnson or Deion Lewis and Vance McDonald for number 10 ranked Jimmy Graham. Oh man. That's, that's yeah. a, that's a fair deal. He should have taken that immediately. He denies both of them, tells me that, and I quote, Jimmy Graham gets more points. And then <laughs> he counter offers me James Connor for Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent their image. Cause I say, Caleb, you offered me a benched quarterback for my best running. His response was he's only benched because I have other good players on my roster and he's on a bye week. And I was like, no, Caleb, he's not benched on your team. He's benched on his own fucking team. <laughs> so Caleb, I don't know what your strategy is, but God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This isn't the first time we've heard this with Caleb, and this is the reason why, you know, he's a scrappy team, but he's never going to win because he just <laughs> – it's very illogical sometimes. <laughs> and he shoots himself in the foot. Like, that's, that's what it comes down to. And I, my, my prediction last week was that he was going to lose the next three weeks in a row. And I'm thinking it looks pretty damn likely. Yeah, I mean, he almost pulled one away from me this week. I've had some – 
I, I don't know if anyone followed my my draft, but talked with Derek, you would know that I was going to take Todd Gurley every day <laughs> up until before the draft, oh, and like sure. overthunk it. And then after the draft, I lost Le'Veon Bell, Delaney Walker, Doug Baldwin, and Joe Mixon within a span of uh, like a week. So you've held it down, been, yeah. And yeah. I, I, th- I think you really uh, – we've talked about this in some of the other podcasts. I don't know if you've listened, but – I have. I've, I've loved it. I've loved it. Awesome. Well, I feel like – well, make sure you subscribe then too. Uh, I, I don't know if you have, have subscribed or if you just listened, but – Just on um, Spotify. Really just encourage everyone to go ahead and subscribe, uh, subscribe, subscribe. But, uh, you know, looking at your roster, like I feel like every single move that you've made and, and who you've put in your starting lineup over your bench, I would feel like me and Derek, for the most part, typically agree with your, your logic there. So uh, I think that uh, just in general, you're in a good spot here moving forward. The only one thing that I'm looking at that's kind of glaring to me is you just got to hope that Doug Baldwin comes comes back to form. and. Yeah. Because if Doug Baldwin can come back, then you're in a really good spot. Uh, I will say this, and I've said this before earlier, Russell Wilson typically starts off the first half of the season super slow and then picks it up, picks it up at the end of the season. So, you know, it, it's kind of like waiting it out and pacing yourself for that playoff push. And you got to start thinking about who you're going to play and who's going to show up at the end of the season now so you can get ahead of the game and make sure you get the guys in place that are going to, you know, help you bring home that championship. And I think you're doing a good job with that. I I appreciate it. And just uh, looking at my roster right now, I can tell you that I have eight pending moves, eight pending transactions. So my team might look different by tonight. I have uh, five trades out. Wow. So five trades and three waiver claims. Have, have you proposed all the trades or are these proposed to you too? I have proposed all these. Tra- okay. So I proposed one to Carl. I do feel bad for Carl and uh, I've been trying to get Zach Ertz from him, but it's kind of tough. Uh, he offered me a counter of basically Le'Veon Bell for Zach Ertz. And honestly, like That's this is the terrible. first year. It's not even terrible because tight end's so fucking terrible. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't even declined it because I'm just like, I, I mean, you know, right. I, my tight ends have put up a cumulative like eight points over the season. So, so yeah. That, that move doesn't make a lot of sense for Carl because he needs to win now and Bell yeah. is not here now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, he's, I think he's dejected by, by his team right now. He's very upset. I was just saying on Mark, to Mark before you got on that, He's my little, so I feel like I need to really pump up his his expectations here and that let him know it's, he's not out of it. So I've had to talk to him every day and be like, Carl, man, you can do this, buddy. Like, it's not over. <laughs> he, he's pretty close, though, man. Like, you, you lose two more games, you're out. Uh, so yeah. he, he needs to turn it around. Uh, it starts with me this week, which uh, at this point I'm, I'm relatively beatable without Fournette uh, and really without Fournette for this foreseeable future. So we'll see what happens, but – um, he he he's kind of got his back up against the wall right now. Yeah. yeah. So while we got you on, Dennison, I want to yep. ask you um what your take is on Patrick Mahomes since you're playing in this week. Um, basically every show, Andres has been sucking his dick. So I'm curious of what what you think. <laughs> okay, I want to add something to that too, real quick on on Andres's uh loving on Patrick Mahomes. Bold prediction <laughs> four weeks into the fucking season to be like, I think he's going to be the best quarterback this yeah, year. It's not oh, that no bold. Shit, dude. <laughs> he's, going, he's already the best quarterback. Like, of course. 
But yeah. um, it's quarterback is thin this year, anyways. I thought about that too, like after we got done that night, and I was like, I really should have called him out and like said that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't bold at all, and that can't be his bold prediction. Like that's just that's not that's not fair. He's he's making a Chris Collinsworth bold prediction. He's <laughs> a great football player, and you're like, thanks, Chris Collinsworth. But here's how I feel about Patrick Mahomes this week. Um, I think it's going to be your classic like 31 to 24 Patriots win of which Patrick Mahomes will score probably two touchdowns to get a pick. He's probably still going to put up 20 points. Um, that, that's how I feel about it. Bill Belichick knows how to rein in young quarterbacks and good offenses. That's who he is. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at your guys' matchup, though, and the thing that sticks out to me, which could be the deciding factor, is who has a better game, Doug Baldwin or Tyler Lockett? Um, uh, <laughs> because That's frightening. You know, Doug Baldwin, he was out there for the majority of snaps. He was running routes for the majority, or I think all the pass plays. But, you know, he he was out there, and he just didn't get targeted. So I don't know if the injury still has an impact on him, if Russell Wilson just was finding other guys that day or what. But Lockett's also looked pretty decent here. Uh, the, The one other thing I worry about is, He's got a tough decision in either starting Roethlisberger or Trubisky. Uh, ben Roethlisberger on the board. We talk about this every week. Home road we splits, man. And he's yeah. on the road in Cincinnati who just came off of a great week uh, defensively here. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. He's going to uh, shit his pants. But that, it, it's, tough. it's tough to bench Ben Roethlisberger. But I don't know, man. Trubisky against Miami? That, that kind of sounds like a sneaky play to me. Yeah, I, I was high on Trubisky before the season started. Uh, I liked him a lot. I was going to take him over Bortles, and he got taken right before. Um, so I, I think that's it. And then in regards to Doug Baldwin, I'm not super concerned. I was concerned about his injury, and I read a quote from Pete Carroll after the game, I think it was today, basically saying that uh, Doug Baldwin's fine. There was no injury problem. It's just that's how his first game back was. Yeah, um, He's a key part of that offense. Tyler Lockett doesn't run similar lo- routes, and I'm wondering – I didn't see the Seattle game last week, but knowing that they were, they were playing the Rams, correct? Yes. Yeah, they yeah, played the Rams. So, he had a big uh, play. Playing that fast-paced offense, and the Seahawks, who I actually thought were going to win going into that week because they're kind of giant killers, I could see them doing more deep routes. They're playing the fucking Raiders. I, I, there's going to be enough to go around. <laughs> well, I was I – was, we were talking about this earlier too. I think you have the revenge game narrative for Marshawn Lynch full fully in play here. Um, I feel good about it. I'm buying into the revenge game hype. Uh, and it just depends on how that, what the game flow is, but I could totally see, you know, Lynch punching in a couple touchdowns early, the Raiders going up and the Seahawks playing from behind again. So if that does happen, like, I mean, both could end up being pretty productive, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that's going to be – and it's also going to be – I don't know Tackett's wave order, but he has to pick up a tight end. Um, I can guess who he's going to pick up in this graveyard of tight ends. <laughs> so I have two trade offers out for different tight ends. A couple people not getting back to me. Real quick on trades, man, I don't – you know, in the business world, like if somebody calls me and they want to sell me some shit, I'll at least call them back and be like, we're not ordering right now. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> you know, send a text and be like – Hey, I can't. We're all busy. Every single one of us is busy. Oh, did we lose him? Oh, no. He dropped, and that sounded super interesting. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, 
Should we call him back? I'll try and invite him again. Hold on. All right. Oh. Let's, let's see if he hits us back. There he there is. is. All right. You got cut off there, Dennison. Uh, fun fact about where I live, the phone reception is absolutely abhorrent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I, I really liked where you're going with that, saying about in the business world, you're comparing trades. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez, is that where it got cut off? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you know, if somebody's reaching out to me and they want to sell me like nutrients or something for, for one of our farms, and I don't, if I don't want to deal with them, I'll still shoot them a text or a brief call and I'll just say, hey, you know what? We're not in the market right now. Don't want to so, waste your time. Yeah. Yeah. So if I give you a trade, I know fantasy football isn't the biggest deal in the world, but it's still something that we spend time on. We've been doing this for like six years. And just because, like, you're upset with your own team or whatever it is, just shoot a text back, man. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty easy to deal with. Yeah. 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 We've, so we've, we've talked about this every podcast, like trade etiquette, man. People have to learn how to how to at least be reasonable with it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it's like, and we may as well text for a minute. I don't get to talk to people often. So shoot the shit. I'll be like, where's your life at? How are things going? Please give me a better player. We can we can go over all that fun stuff, but yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a little worried. And you know, speaking about end of season stuff, bold prediction: Mike Evans is going to drop off because he does it to me at the end of every season. Yeah, <laughs> and is a trash player. <laughs> Dennis, I think I've got a trade for you. Um, I'll, I'll shoot it over after after we're done here. But I, I I've got something in mind. Okay, I was looking at your team yesterday, and I was thinking of stuff to offer you. I I don't remember what I backed out. It's not a, two tight ends. It's it's really not a uh, blockbuster deal, but I think it would be advantageous to both of us. Interesting. Gotcha. So, a nice little flippy flip. We'll connect on that afterwards. So <laughs> I, I got a question. Here's a trade that I've been considering, and I've I've actually I've offered it in a in a manner to Kuhar, and him and I have talked a little oh, bit. Not been good about getting back to me, but it I basically the basis of the trade is me giving James Connor. For his Saquon Barkley, it's the four and the five switching position. That uh, see, I hate that. I hate sideways deals. Like you're trading running back for running back. You're just basically saying like, "Hey, I think Saquon's going to do better, and you think that James Conner's going to do better." Like I, I don't get a trade like that. Like that, does, that doesn't make any sense to me. So would you not send him Le'Veon not... Bell too? Ooh. Would, would Dennison? Hello. Yeah, Dennison. Yeah. Would, would you sell? Would you send him Connor and Bell or just Connor? Uh, Connor. I'm gonna give another player too, but like the core of the deal is Barkley and James Connor. Interesting. I mean, I think it's just whatever else you offer him. But like, if I were Kuhar, I would not make that no, deal. No. <laughs> Hopefully, he um, clicks accept before he hears the podcast. Oh man, <laughs> I don't think he listen. To I don't think it's gonna go through. I'm worried about it anyways because I'm actually worried about Saquon's injuries this year, um, and just how fucking awful that Giants offensive line is. Yo, his name's Saquon. Saquon. It's not Saquon. <laughs> I don't watch Giants games. He's serious. <laughs> well, I do, and so I know. Mark's forced to. <laughs> I'm, I'm forced to. It sucks. I know you do. I did watch the last week, and there was a pretty good article online about how if you took Todd Gurley or um, like a Joe Mixon and put them behind that Giants offensive line, 
they, they would be like an afterthought. But yeah. Saquon manages to absolutely – I mean, he's just – like, are we doing keeper leagues this year? Yes. Well, good good for you, Kuhar, because holy fuck, that, that guy is going to be the best running back in the NFL. Wait, we're, we're keeping our players? It's a keeper year. We pick one keeper at the end of the season. Oh, didn't know that. Um, all right, cool. Mark, where were you in all these group texts, man? Um, I actually turn off my notifications because half of it is just Caleb. just banter and just worthless. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I too mute my, my – and then I look and there's 20, 20 things on it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I don't I like really to, take the time to go back. So <laughs> I like to read them when it piles up to like 35 and be like, ooh, what, what did Andres say this time? But, just you like know. chime in super late. Yeah, right, right. But yeah, yeah. Andres has turned into Jackson, which Mark, I don't think you're in the league when Jackson was there, but basically there'd be like a chat going on about league matters. And then Jackson would send like this wacky picture that made no sense. And everybody would be like, well, I guess the conversation's over now. And that's kind of how Andres is this series, just trolling the group text every time. Jackson and I, speaking of Littles and Jackson, Recently, got into it a little bit on Instagram. Um, we'll, we'll be okay. We we had we had some disagreements about the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, but this is not a political. This is not a political podcast. But he said some shit, and I was like, "All right, Jackson." <laughs> Sounds like Jackson, man. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't do it for a bit. But here, here's a good here's a question for everybody: what What is going on with the respective offenses of the Vikings and the Eagles? So, like, what do you mean? Like whether like, one, there there aren't any strong producers on either, except for you have Adam Thielen, who's obviously a dog, and you have Zacherts. What's going on with Carson Wentz? I don't. I think that he's just had some tough matchups, man. Like you think he that's had the Colts? A... He had the Colts week one. Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah. He had the, the Colts his first game back. Yeah, I mean, first game back though. You know, like. He didn't get any preseason time. It's going to take some time to get back into it and really, really with it. Um, I think Tennessee's defense is a little uh, better than people sometimes give them credit for. Um, in Minnesota, I mean, that's my bias coming in, but uh, Minnesota is Minnesota. So um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he gets back on track here this week. I'm, I'm not worried about that. See, I, I honestly think that Wentz is kind of scared. I, I don't think he's the same quarterback he was before the injury. He doesn't he doesn't really look right, and he misses throws more often than he was before. Um, I I don't know. I don't think he looks very good. He's just getting back into the rhythm, man. He needs some time, and anytime you miss the preseason, it's going to take you a while to, you know, get back to you know midseason form, which everyone else is in. So he's kind of playing playing a little catch up here. Um, no doubt in my mind, though, he's going to get back to to where he was at. Uh, I really think it might be this week too. So, and as far as the Vikings go, I mean, poor Kirk Cousins, man. I think his whole point of signing with them was so that he wouldn't have to throw so much. <laughs> oh no. man, he that does not work. He wants Dude, the stats. Kirk does not want the stats. He doesn't care. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. That, what? that makes. Every, every quarterback in the NFL wants the stats. It's a financial move. It is a ego thing. Uh, all of the above. Drew Brees and, doesn't want the stats, but he has the stats. I mean, look, man, like you've got the arguably the best receiver tandem in the NFL. I'm not saying they're the best, but I'm saying arguably they are they are the one of the top units in the NFL between Diggs and Thielen. 
They probably are um, the know, top duo. Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument that they are the best. So, you know, when you have two guys like that, th- those like I think I think the, the usage rate between the two is like thirty six percent of his throws are going to should, those two players. <laughs> that's attempts, not that's not completions. That's a, that's attempts, um, and I think the completion number is higher. So, when you look at it that way, it the the offense is a pass first offense now that that Cook is not at full health. Right, and that their offensive line is bottom five in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, that, that was an unwelcome surprise to – I don't know. I guess if you listen, like, carefully to a lot of, of people, you would have known that that O-line is so bad. But last year, Keenum got rid of the ball so quick, you never really noticed it. Since yeah. the preseason, they have had struggles and, and injuries and this, that, or the other. Uh, so – yeah, it's a work in progress with the offensive line, but uh, and the defense hasn't been as good as they're supposed to be, uh, and that's mainly due to the play of Anthony Barr. He just hasn't looked like the player that he has been in the past he's couple of years. Awful! I hate. He's him. getting burned. He oh, he's getting <clears throat> burned, man. Yeah. Totally. So I, yeah, I would All love right, to so... see his pro football focus rank. It's got to be bottom middle linebacker. Uh, he's just not good at pass coverage. I don't know if he should be doing anything other than that, or other than he One should be doing coverage. everything other than pass coverage. Yeah, yeah. that he's, was brutal. He's going through a phase, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I actually looking back at the other at last night, uh, talk about a player that's underperforming. Josh Norman, he got benched last night. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he. I mean, he got burned a couple times and. He's just not looking like a player that you can even rely on. So, uh, you know, we talked about how we thought the Redskins' defense was going to be good. They came out swinging the first game. Uh, might be a defense to target a little bit more here moving forward, though. Yeah, and, and speaking to Josh Norman in the quote-unquote lockdown corner, I think that's a term that we need to get rid of because <laughs> I, it, it also is used for um, Xavier Rhodes, uh, quote-unquote Rhodes closed. That's just because he was never targeted. Just because nobody ever throws at a corner doesn't make them a lockdown corner. Uh, Jalen Ramsey right now, he's outside mm-hmm. the top 50 corners in pro yeah. football focus. Yeah, Eric and I were talking about this recently. And I'm not sure what, what the common factor is that brings down cornerbacks so quickly back to earth. And I'm wondering if it's the quality of their safeties. Because that happened to Richard Sherman. He started – once he lost – once they started losing people on the other side, um, they just weren't the same. They're still good, but just not the same. I think it's the leg injuries. Anytime you see a cornerback with a leg injury, that's why mm-hmm. these guys hold out. Uh, the second they have hamstring issues, or the second they you know blow out their um, you know um, what did Richard Sherman do? Achilles. Uh, the value immediately goes down because they lose a step. They're not as agile. Yep. They're they're not as quick. Um, naturally just because of injury and they can't cut on a dime uh, as, as, as good as before. So uh, that's why you see cornerbacks hold out. And that's why these guys demand so much money because when they're at the top of their game, they need to get paid then not later. Yep. Um, I agree. All right. So for sake of just time here and moving on, uh, Dennison, how much time do you have? Or do you have, um, I'll give it like three minutes. So if there's some closing statements, 
you know, okay. I, I can go do those now. So unless you have something you want to bring up. Well, we're going to go to voicemail here. Um, obviously, won't be able to listen to it, but we'll recap it. So I'm going to just invite you back in real quick. Okay. All right. Do it. Hey, guys. Just calling in here to uh, recap on some stuff from last week. Uh, just let you guys know about Lennon's historic week. He put up a wonderful 209.8. But unfortunately, he is only the third highest point scorers. Um, since we went to 12-man league. The highest points was Jack, week 8, in 2015 against Kemper with 215. Then the week after that, week 9, in 2015, Derek put up a whopping 214 against Kuhar. Um, if you look at the total history, Mr. Caleb put up 247, week 8, in 2014 when they had 10 teams. Um, just a heads up on that. And also, uh, I'll let this recording finish, and I'll do another one about the waiver wire. Just want to comment about the waiver wires. Uh, it is a work in progress. I understand. I mean, we did do the Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning, 2 a.m. for many years in college, and that was just an absolute fucking shit show. Especially once you get out of college and you had a real job and people are still in college. Um, it was a slow process, but I think we will address waiver wire going forward and whatnot. It is a better than it was last year. Um, we made a lot of changes this offseason, and I'd like to not completely turn this league around in one offseason it is slow change is good and we'll go from there then uh thank you guys again for the podcast kick ass go browns uh bless them and fuck yeah all right so um the voicemails here were both from jimmy so <laughs> jimmy number one addressed um the waiver wire and how okay. it's a quote-unquote work in progress and that he wants to make some changes to it. Um, me and Derek talked a little bit about FAB and do, yep. using that as a free agency model for next year. Dennison, any thoughts? Would you agree with that? Would you? Do you have an alternative option that you'd like to bring up? What do you, what do you think here? FAB is an absolute necessity, and I thought the reason that that got canceled was because Caleb threw his hands up and was like, I can only accept one rule change a year. Yes. So fab is for everyone who's listening is the standard format of doing waiver wire transactions. Um, it's, I mean, our waiver wire is better than a few years ago when we would just stay up until three in the morning and see who could press <laughs> the quicker. Although it was pretty fun, and I usually won because I had a miserable life and I stayed up all the fucking time. It but was so fun. It was fun. But <laughs> uh, nowadays, yeah, so we need to have a budget and bid on players because then people have to make strong decisions about who they're picking up instead of adding and dropping every week. And now, like, I'm in that purgatory right now of being in the middle of the league where I'm 6 of 12. So I really have to decide who's going to pick first in that first five because if I fuck up, it bounces, you know, all the way to the bottom and I lose my next pick too. Yep, yep. So that's very frustrating. Yeah. I agree. Um, and then Derek, what was the other voicemail? I forget the other one. He was addressing um, highest points scored in our league in oh, the history. Yeah. Um, so Lennon wasn't the highest, but I think he said it ended up being third highest of all time. Um, or I guess in the quote unquote modern era is what I'm going to call it because yeah. we did so much changing around before we settled yeah. on a 12 team league. Like, he references Caleb having like 240 points scored in a year. 2014. Yeah. So that should be thrown out because we had an IDP, IDP player in that year 
So they accounted for a lot more points. Okay. So let's throw that one out. But 2015, it sounded interesting. There were two back-to-back weeks um, of all-time scorers. Yeah, it was me and Jack, right? Yeah, it was you and Jack, and I think both were within, like, five points of each other within, like, 210 or 215 points. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was, like, 211 to 214, something like that. So, oh, Shout-out shout to Jack for consistently making some uh, some powerhouse teams these past couple of years. I'm actually going to back him up real quick. Um, yeah, that trade he did was horseshit, but it, it's actually not even the reason he's such a lopsided team right now. I was looking at his roster, and he just drafted super well. I don't know how he managed to get Matt Ryan, Andrew Brees, but God damn it. Yeah, he had a great trade um, and draft. And, you know, I'm surprised that he lost last week. But, you know, I, I think we talked about it. He's got a, a relatively volatile team with Cooper and he does. Um, and Adrian Peterson uh, and even Alshon Jeffrey. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens as his team evolves uh, throughout the course of the uh, season, but yeah, anytime you got Matt Ryan and Drew Brees in a two quarterback league, you're you're gonna you're gonna be in a really really good spot. Plus, Michael yeah. Thomas is on a bye too, so yeah. Um, I am gonna have to go into this this meeting in a second, yep. so I've been putting him off because he's at the bar. He's fine. He can have a couple drinks. Um, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna wrap up real quick with first of all, everyone who's listening, who's in the league, uh, miss y'all. Hopefully, I'll be back around the holidays or something. Um, I made a pretty big gamble at work this week, and if it fails, I might not have a job, so I might be back. <laughs> but we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, uh, congr- congratulations on that. Ari was telling me about it when I saw him in the city yesterday, and um, it sounds like a great opportunity. And uh, and then additionally, yeah, if you're back around the holidays, uh, if we can all schedule something or put something together, I think that would be a lot of fun to uh, to do something in Ohio. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I'm glad you and Ari got to hook up real quick been on the phone with him pretty much all day today working out some other stuff but um he said I he wants to, do to couple... get on the podcast at some point uh, <laughs> yeah we'll see about that if everyone wants to join the league um, i'm gonna finish with a couple bold predictions and a couple i made that were right before the season started and a couple i made that were goddamn wrong My all right prediction which failed miserably keelan cole god damn it yeah i yeah. don't keelan cole going into this season i thought he was the new Allen robinson the burner routes the Jags were going to be hot. That defense was going to be hot. I was very wrong about the Jags. <laughs> and I was very wrong about Keelan Cole. Second well, Blake Bortles sucks, man. Yeah, he's he terrible. He gets, he's the king of garbage time, but he sucks. My bold prediction that I was absolutely right on, and I have no idea why this man keeps getting put forward in drafts. And he was on every fantasy football podcast, and which also leads me to believe that most professional football p- fantasy guys are idiots. Derek fucking Henry. <laughs> That man oh has never – he's never passed the eye test. He had a good season in college. He's a good college running back. So was Trent Richardson. Derrick Henry is trash. He is never going to be a good running back. They picked up Deion Lewis for a reason. That Tennessee offense last year was the worst offense in the NFL to watch. It's abysmal, and it's bad this year. Derrick Henry, stop trying to make Derrick Henry work. He's never going to be a good running back. He's currently ranked 60th. Nate, jump ship. Uh, my last bold prediction <laughs> – I predict that by the end of this season, that Joe Mixon will be the third overall best running back. Damn. That's a fair prediction. I, I thought I like he would before the season started, and I'm sold after watching how the Bengals are using him. He's good. He's uh, just really good. And, and for the record, me and Derek were never on Derek Henry. 
uh, I think we're in agreement with you in the sense that he's just not a fantasy guy. Um, but I like the Joe Mixon call. Uh, Got to give you a little bit of a hard time because I don't think it's that bold of a prediction at this point, But unless he gets injured again. but um, Number three overall, man. That's a lot of ground to cover with Gurley, Kamara, and Melvin Gordon killing it. Yeah, boy. True. Yeah, that's true. All right, fine. I'll give it to you. Till Eakler ekes into uh, Melvin's carries. Oh God, dude! <laughs> uh, he still gets used so much, though, man. Like he know. does. I, I really wanted to have a combo of Melvin and Cook this year, um, but obviously, Delvin Cook. My apologies, Eric. Yeah, trying it. I can't believe I was wrong. I was wrong about that one. I always like Delvin Cook could be top six. Uh, that guy can't believe it. I I agreed with you. That's the thing. And I even called into a fantasy show, and they they even told me if I should take Melvin Gordon, Fournette, and Hunt all before Cook. And I still just. I was such a fan of him. I couldn't. I couldn't ignore when he was there in the second round. So I passed on Melvin Gordon. I shouldn't have. No, at least yeah. you passed on Fournette. Yeah, I got yeah, right. Him. But I did. Hammies are no Gordon, jokes, so. man. Hammies are no jokes. Will Fuller, same thing. Yep. Yep. Exactly. All right, cool guys. Well, hey, great, uh, great conversation today. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed listening. Any closing remarks here before we cut off? This is a good time. I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, we should do it again sometime. Go Browns. Keep watching Browns games. The Browns should be at least three and two by now. We really should be four and one, but you know, kickers <laughs> are miserable shit players. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. I do want to comment on a couple things. things. Uh, we never went over London and Jack's matchup, but I think we kind of have an idea of how that's going to go. Um, <laughs> so I don't think yeah. we really need to hit on it too much. Nope. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, second, the tattoo league. I, I really think what would be cool is whoever ends up getting the tattoo, we should all be together in the same place when that person gets the tattoo. I think that'd be a lot of fun. All right. A, re- a reason for everybody to get together and do it. Yeah, I'm um, okay with that. I had a lot of fun when I made Caleb get his tattoo. And by made, I mean lightly encouraged him because that's not, <laughs> not take a lot of work. Um, but I, I stand true to my statement, even though I was fairly drunk last night, Derek. Uh, if you get, uh, if you have to be the one who gets the tattoo, because I feel like this league keeps getting changed. I will yeah. get a tattoo with you um, because my ass is so hairy that it will easily cover it up within a matter of weeks. <laughs> yeah, dude, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. That'd well, be Hair awesome. doesn't last forever, man. So, dude, well, I'm also covered in tattoos by now. So I just got <laughs> just another one, another one for the page, baby. That's showbiz. I'm gonna as hang as up as now. As long as another big one. So that's a great right. last line, Dennison. <laughs> we'll talk to you later, Denny. Yep. All right, guys. Love y'all. All See right, you, man. All right. Good conversation tonight. Hey. Yo. Um, last, last thing too, Andres, I'm calling you out, man. Stop. Every time there's a message in the group text, pulling up my record and how I'm going to get tattoo, you know, we'll invite you in, even though you have a good record right now, you're invited into the tattoo league. Don't talk all this trash. If you can't back it up. That's all I want to say. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, Mark, if you look at this thing, like every time I try to text somebody in the group message, Andres just like trolls me every time. It's like yeah. he's too scared that his team is going to collapse that he won't sign up for the tattoo league, which just makes him a giant pussy. Like, don't don't keep talking all this shit if you can't back it up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm not in the tattoo league myself, but um, I'm open to it. So, uh, considering the season's already started, I'm not going to hop in midway through, but uh, I'll probably do it for next year. Absolutely, that'd be awesome. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, nice. Uh, thanks for listening, and see you next week. See you next week.